We're good. It's 749. All right. Bring your voiceover down just a little bit. Oh. There's oh, been yeah. a little bleed over. Oh, yeah. That was 85%. Now you don't hear it? Or do you? Nope. Okay. Nope. I don't. Excellent. Because that bleed over, I mean, you know, we have some tools to deal with that, but ideally, let's not have to deal with that. <laughs> Because it may make you sound like you're underwater if it if it works sometimes. So All right, so <laughs> ready? <laughs> we are good. I am not on Discord yet, but I will work on that in a moment. So All right. Welcome to wait, this is forty two or forty three. Three. I actually don't remember now. See when I'll have to engineer, I forget. All right. Welcome to Technically Working. We're back. Uh, this is episode forty three. And uh interesting show today uh, because we're basically from what I know anyway because I have not added anything to show notes uh, mostly because I forgot that we had show notes because we went so long without show notes so this is what happens Uh, but we have both had a rather interesting week Uh, you know I have some things to talk about in relation to the business enterprise program uh, training that I'm going through some home home maintenance stuff that I <laughs> we both got to talk about here. And uh, yeah, we'll see what else comes out of the show as well. So thank you for joining us as always. And almost start because me and Mike actually have not really talked this week. So it's been going on, Mike. How's your week been? And just generally speaking. So my week has been interesting. It's been, it's been a fairly, it's been an interesting one. I won't go too much into detail. While I'm going into this, if Jeff or Michael could text me and let me know if you hear me in Discord, just to let me know. Uh, but I have a 17-year-old boy, and it's been one of those, you know, life, not just business, but life weeks where you've got to navigate that. And so that's been interesting. Uh been getting more involved with these affiliates. Demasi's been moving his microphone, so he needs to be conscious of that because he's not used to using that microphone. And it's no. also been uh, pretty <laughs> strange working all week with uh, AT guys. But it hasn't been bad. You need to get into a routine. Yeah, that's what I'm working on is a routine uh, for sure. So my week has been a little bit more settled. I feel like I've kind of gotten everything nailed down to know, you know, when I'm going to wind up stepping out of the uh, enterprise program training for today. Uh, That's kind of settled itself down. Um, So, yeah, just getting back into a routine or at least a predictable schedule. Uh, A few things got thrown at me this past week that I wasn't expecting, such as a completely, and I don't, you know, listen, First off, I respect all of the people at uh, Gentry and throughout AIDB, but I got to admit this meeting that I had to go to on, I think it was Thursday of this week. The guy just got randomly thrown to me like five minutes. No, take that back. Ten minutes after it was supposed to start, I was told, oh, there's a meeting for everybody that, you know, is a residential student and is mandatory. You need to be here right now. This is ten minutes after it's supposed to start. Me being me. I had a meeting scheduled at four o'clock. Okay, well, let's go see what this is about. Um, I made a decision that day that I think sometimes is valuable in life and sometimes can be valuable in business. As long as you're cognizant to occasionally stop and second 
guess yourself, but don't overdo it, which is sometimes it is good to follow your intuition or as a lot of people may say, as I say a lot, follow your first mind. Like it's the first thing my mind told me to do is what I should have done. Which is, yeah, screw this meeting, man. Like, I got a meeting at 4 o'clock, and this is business. This is a, a customer that pays me, uh, so I need to be there on the time that I told him I was going to be there instead of going in here for this meeting that completely told me absolutely nothing that I needed to know. And uh, also made me super late <laughs> for my meeting because, you know, this meeting is supposed to start at 3 o'clock, 3.30. That was mandatory for students here. And, uh, yeah, I'll give you a wild guess at what time it actually started. 3.45 if you were lucky. Mm, nope. Oh. Oh. What time? 4.05. <laughs> well. Yeah, I was not lucky. That's one of those things you've got to learn to manipulate now. Well, not manipulate, but navigate. That's the word I'm looking for is there you those go. type That's of meetings. <laughs> uh, microphone, by the way. Now. Just, just a quick reminder. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I'm on it because so let, let me let me stop. And, and so follow your first mind sometimes is the thing to do. And I've been operating off that since I first, you know, came to that realization. What put me in that mind frame was first, I was like, I really shouldn't go to this. I should go handle my business. And secondarily, I walked out of that meeting, encountered a student that I met there doing my evaluation uh, for the enterprise program uh, to see if I was eligible to go through the program. And she was just hanging out, you know, in the gazebo or whatever. And I was like, oh, so you missed a meeting. She's like, there was a meeting. And she kind of said in the kind of this, he, 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 like, yeah, I wasn't going to that crap kind of tone, right? So she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do those. Uh, because if there's anything really important that we need to know, like, it's going to get around that I need to know it. I was right. like, yeah, so I started not to go and I was like, well, let me, let me be a good person and then follow the rules here. And I was like, you know what? Yep. Here's it. Follow my first mom. You know, now like one of those le- learn the lesson, lesson learning. Hey, I tried, I tried, but, uh, when you negative negatively impact my business for zero benefit, uh, at all in any form or fashion that I can even try to pull out of this in any sort of silver lining, copper lining even like couldn't even get that out of that like yeah no we're not doing this uh but every since then too i have been going on more on instinct in a lot of situations which has served me quite well uh some of which we may get to in the show some of which we may not uh Um, regarding this microphone am i touching this can you hear this yes okay so 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 if it makes noise then (laughs) just ignore it yeah so listen, let's let's address this issue. Uh, that's probably going to keep happening because one, I am on the Audio Technica AT two thousand five, which again is one of my favorite all time mics uh, that I've ever owned. Me and Mike Sounds started DM series clear. with this yep. mic. Yeah. Now here's the problem though. My ever evolving recording situation. So last week I was actually at Gentry in my dorm room uh, recording. And I had a pretty nice setup. I had a nice heavy bass stand with my, uh, ended up using the Sure Beta, Sure Beta 87A going into the, uh, Centrance Portcaster and connected to the computer, you know, using that as an audio interface. And I liked it. I did not bring all of that with me back home for the weekend because I'm home for the weekend. So I threw my USB mic in the bag and I was like, well, I got the, 
Volcaster at the house, which I may end up taking back with me. And it's primarily because I realized I don't have a mute button anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we told Marty. We could, why we couldn't use that vault that he had because it doesn't have a mute button. Uh huh. I don't have a mute button. And I was, and I realized this last week when we was recording, like, oh crap, I don't, I don't have a mute button, and I need to blow my nose. I don't have a mute button. Yeah, that's horrible. So I muted, I muted in clean feed is what I did, but I was like, man, I don't, I don't have a mute button, and it briefly, briefly crossed my mind to, you know, go buy a a mute switch, right? And and the way that these work with the way that these work with um. XLR microphones is the mute switch goes in line. So basically all it is is a box. You plug your mic's uh, XLR cable into it and then you use a, another XLR cable to go from the mute switch box to the actual audio interface. Mm-hmm. All they really do is cut the signal to the microphone when you press the button to mute. The reason I did not go purchase one of these is because typically they're not inexpensive they're not terribly expensive like they don't cost more than my microphone costs right but not 15 bucks either you know i think last time i actually looked at these they were in the 60 70 80 dollar range i think i saw one for 120 or something also i have owned one of these before and when it cuts the signal you can hear it mm-hmm. it only it cuts it by like 62 deep oh oh nothing no 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 there there are those two that cut that that attenuate your signal and right. basically chop off a lot of DB, but you can still hear people if they're yelling. What you're saying is you can There's hear those. when you actually engage the mute button, the the click. Uh-huh. When you yeah. press it, it, it does cut off your audio. Like if I hit the button and then turn around to yell at somebody down the hall or yell at my kids, which is how I know how both of these types work, <laughs> you would not hear me yelling very low. Gotcha. I hear myself gotcha. coming back from somewhere too. You hear yourself coming back from somewhere. Yeah, I did at okay. least. Do you know? No, I don't. No. Okay. It could have just been my headphones too loud. Um, But the type that I would buy, like you can audibly hear them click. So you know I muted. Like it's not because I'm talking and I hit it either. You're going to hear that click, which would be something Mike would have to try to clean up out of the audio or work around. And if I had to sneeze or something like that, really makes it kind of inconvenient. So I did not go spend this ridiculous amount of money for something that kind of, you know, sucks in general. Um, I just said, hey, I'll either mute, like set a hotspot for the mute button and clean feed, uh, which I did last week. Or when I go home this weekend, I may just bring back the Vocaster because, mm-hmm. hey, you know, it, it's a thing and it has a mute switch uh, and auto gain and all of that. Now, coming home this weekend, I was packing up stuff and I had some stuff to bring back to the house because I'm like, oh, I didn't need as much clothes as I took because we have a uniform. I don't think I told you about this last week. I don't, no. I don't think I've told you about this at all. So the uh, business enterprise program, uh, the teacher there, the instructor, she bought all of the students. There's four of us uh, polo shirts, like polo type shirts with business enterprise program on the okay. way the logo goes. Right. Uh, and we have five shirts, one for each day of the week. So the idea is we all wear the same color every day of the week. And then we wash your clothes or wash your shirts at least over the weekend. And then you wear them again next week. So technically, I have a uniform, which means I didn't need all the stuff that I took down there clothing wise. <laughs> now, I didn't know this when I left because nobody sent me the memo to like, hey, you're going to have a shirt to wear every day. So I was taking stuff that looked nice, you know, looked decent, presentable that I could wear every day you know throughout the week while i'm working in the cafe Mm -hmm. 
well, didn't need some of that. So I was like, okay, I'll take some of this stuff back. Um, so I was doing that. And I was looking at the bags that I was packing. And I was like, you know, I don't really feel like taking this stand apart because I didn't take it apart because I actually used it Thursday for the meeting that I had. And in the course of packing, I didn't break it down. And once Teal was there, I was like, I was kind of ready to go. So I didn't want to break down my whole little stand and take the microphone off because I started untwisting the Beta 87A. And I was like, man, it's taking way too long. And I still got to undo <laughs> the, the stand itself, like the pole from the base. And I was like, man, screw this. Grab my USB mic. It's already in my little cocoon backpack that I was gifted by the excellent Mallory backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Which just means you want to get another one. It kind of does when you want to get another one. But I hadn't bought another one yet. Uh, I may have to at some point, but I hadn't bought another one yet. Uh, but I already had the USB mic in there uh, with its cable and all of that. So I was like, you know what? I got everything I need. I got my little portable stand that I have that, you know, I can mount a camera or a microphone on. So I'll just, you know, keep that little portable kit and just go home with that. Uh, that minimizes what I'm bringing back as well because I knew I was planning to do some shopping here. Uh, while I was home because I needed a few things uh, to take back. So I was like, all right, we'll do that. The net effect and why I'm telling all this long story about the whole recording setup. One, my recording setup is different. I'm going just straight USB into the uh, MacBook Air. Uh, I still think I sound pretty decent. I can sort of tell the difference in my headphones, but, you know, whatever. Still sound decent. But the net effect of this is I'm not used to first sitting at this desk. And that's one weird thing is like I'm home. And so much of what's home is home, right? Everything is where it, where it, you know, you expect it to be. Tia has done some rearranging in my office. She told me she was going to do so. She told me about it before I got here. So it was like a huge shock. It's actually pretty cool what she did. Yeah, she looks really nice. There's even a, a, a recliner in here now. So if you just want to sit and say, read a book or, or read through some information, you want to get out of this desk chair. I'm like, man, I should have thought of this when I was here. <laughs> uh, it's kind of nice. So, uh, all great. Two side effects. Number one, I broke down my boom arm and my, um, what is that microphone I bought? The Ethos, the Earthworks Ethos. Like all of that stuff is back in the box because at some point we're going to move. And I figured, well, I'm not going to necessarily be here when she starts packing. Let me make her life a little bit easier. Go ahead and pack this stuff up. Uh, put it back in his boxes. All of that. So none of that stuff is in the way. And also knew she planned on moving stuff around. So again, I didn't want her overly worried about dinging a microphone or now because she's hanging out back here doing stuff more you know a cat sitting on top of my boom arm and her freaking out so i was like i'll just take it down so all that stuff is boxed up so i sit down to record with mike and i have used the laptop a little bit since i've been home but i've been using it kind of the way that i use it at gentry which is you know either my beach fit pros connected or just plugging in some headphones to the mac itself directly sit down to record with mike it's like oh crap i set this thing up on the stand and I got to plug in some power and man what am I doing <laughs> what happened to my whole setup so I am using a thing I bought several months ago sometime last year actually it is the Mantis Pod Pro which is a portable meant to be used with a with a microphone with a camera or a microphone you can use it either because it's got you know just your standard screw attachment uh, but I think the kind of design is for you to mount your phone or mount a you know camera onto and uh, carry it around or prop it up on a little stand. I'm not used to this stand because I haven't really used it except for actually putting my phone up as a webcam is the only place I've used it. So I'm touching it because I'm, I, I do this a lot when we're recording to make sure I stay on the mic uh, because I, I, I might lean back a little bit or something, especially in this particular chair. 
uh, in my office. And so I like touch the mic stand like this or like that or that. Uh, just get over it. Except now you can hear it. <laughs> Except now you can hear it. <laughs> and and you know what? We may be talking all about this. And Alphonic's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I took all that out. Don't worry about it. And like the listeners will be like, I don't, I don't hear it. Because that is possible. But if you're live, there's your explanation. Um, if you're listening and Alphonic cleaned it up, uh, shout out to Alphonic. Because I'm not going to go through the, the time <laughs> to fix that in Reaper tonight. <laughs> Uh, but I am now not doing what I normally do because with the boom arm, you know, the one that Mike, that me and Mike have a like the road boom arm and with the, uh, what is that? KMS, I think is the boom arm that came with that microphone that I bought. You don't hear me touching it. Like you hear nothing. Right. This is, but it's also clamped to the back of the desk. So I'm pretty sure that comes yep. through. Just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh, which is something you would never hear in my typical setup. So uh, I'm completely all discombobulated, to be honest. <laughs> and before. Until I took my footstool away from up under my desk, too. So, like, now I'm kind of really, man, what is going on? I have no idea what's happening here. Man, Jeff was listening to, put my to feet on. in Discord, and now he's not. I, sh- I shouldn't look at the people that are listening to us. Hello, Michael and Taylor. Thanks for listening in Discord. Uh, just published. Like literally, not just published uh, uh, metaphorically, but I just hit the publish button about two minutes ago was a joining voice channels on Discord for Unmute. So if you're getting this in the podcast, you can go listen to Unmute's yesterday's Sunday show. Uh, It still came out on Sunday, so that counts. But I published that. And ultimately what I'm telling people is – Use those instructions to learn pretty much the general navigation of Discord. If you – the first thing you're going to hear, no matter if you're on Mac or Windows, is going to be update Discord and it's going to check for updates. And then once you're in, if you're on Windows, disable your virtual viewer or browse mode. Hit the F6 key to navigate between server list and list of channels. Use your arrow keys to navigate the channel. Hit enter to open it and if you know the name of the text channel this does not work for voice channels press control k if on windows command k on the mac uh, and just type in the name of the channel and really once you have those basics down uh, that's that's what i can teach you you can go navigate discord because that's as much as i use discord and i'm starting to learn more and more that i don't have to teach everyone everything about something because i don't use everything about something like you can go explore pressing your shift F10 or VO shift M on a channel to see how that navigation menu is horizontal and not vertical, if I recall right. So it's those little weird things that you got to navigate and learn yourself because I don't use them enough to teach them to people. And I, that's been what you can get them started with like, hey, this is a completely sort of different layout than what you're used to. So here are some tips to help you get started in your exploration. Yeah. Um, yeah, makes sense. Um, I just want to put a, a word out for any engineering-minded, uh, physical engineering-minded person out there uh, to create me a portable, and I would pay for this. I, look, I looked at one and almost bought it, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. It was a floor stand. Uh, a portable travel, even if I have to put it together a little bit, uh, swivel boom arm. It can be short, not to be too long, clamp it on the front or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want this. I miss my boom arm, man. Like, I miss it here. I miss it in Talladega. Like, I just miss my boom arms because they're awesome. Um, So, me and you were talking. I, I 
pinged you right before we started recording. I was like, give me a few extra minutes. I'm coming because, um, yeah, I'm home. I take this as a fortunate thing. I'll be honest. I do take this as a fortunate thing that I was here when this happened as opposed to not being here when this happened. Uh, so go to throw some clothes in the dryer and I turn the dryer on and walk away. Actually, I turned the dryer on. Then we left and went to the store because oh. I wanted to pick up a few things. Mm-hmm. Then I get back in the dryer's down. I'm like, okay, let me get these clothes out and put this other load in the dryer. And I open up the dryer. I was like, oh. These didn't get all the way dry. Let me do the little extra 10 minutes thing, right? Mm-hmm. I just touched the top of like, oh, okay, your jeans are still a little damp. Let's do an extra, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, whatever. I come back. I come back and they're still not dry. Okay, what the hell is going on? Let me clean the lint trap. Maybe it's, you know, okay, yeah, there's a little fuzz here. Let's clean that out. And I leave and I come back and I open it while it's running and like, nope, these still ain't dry. Um, Now, neither of these times that I check this the the few times that i did open it and it was actually still running did i note that it didn't have to stop spinning ah when i opened it right this only occurred to me and i was like okay what's really going on and i did a couple of made a couple of setting changes to the dryer because i thought maybe the settings got changed and i opened it one time and i realized oh wait the clothes weren't tumbling like they weren't dropping down because it was in rotation oh crap the drum so, long story short, I had to take the back off of the dryer and found the belt uh, <laughs> that goes on the drum that makes it spin uh, broken in the bottom of the dryer, like up under the drum. So, got to get a new one of those. And shortly after finding that, uh, I get a call from a friend of mine that's still at Gentry because he didn't go home this weekend. And he says, hey, did you get a text message? You got the text message? And I was like, no, what text message? Uh, so Kay Ivey, who for most people that wouldn't know is the governor of Alabama, uh, has issued a state of emergency and shut down 25 counties. Ain't no buses moving. All bus routes are closed. Ain't nobody going nowhere. So that bus you was going to catch tomorrow. Like, yeah, that ain't happening. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So where does that put you or do you know yet? Uh, I'm I'm just here, man, because they've shut down everything. Uh, uh, I won't be missing class on Tuesday because Talladega County is shut down. They're further north than we are. Okay. Uh, so they're shut down. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen after that, but at the moment, I'm, I'm here, you know, through Wednesday, most likely at the best. looks like we're not even thinking about the possibility of moving until Wednesday. So we'll see what happens. Hmm. Uh, but hopefully things won't be too terrible here and I'll be able to go get another belt for my dryer and right. get that fixed before I leave. Get that fixed and then leave with that. Yeah. I, so the reason I told you hold that conversation is I am not the most handy person. I have to admit that I like to try to get handy and, you know, fix things, but I am probably not the best person for that. Uh, and Mallory asked me, what's that squeaking noise? And at first I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I heard it again. And it was one of those noises that I've gotten used to hearing because I hear it all the time and she's not at home as much as I am. And it was the washer. And I think hopefully it's just something that's stuck in the washer, like in the drum in the bottom there. Um, but uh-huh. with some quick Google slash Bard research, by the way, very interesting how Bard and chat GPT give you two completely different answers. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to go with chat GPT solutions. It says check the drum. And then it says maybe look at the belt. Uh, and Bard's like, uh, I don't remember the answers, but it was, it was just really interesting. I give you two totally different answers, but they both could have been plausible answers. But I guess my question is if you're not sure how to take apart a dryer or something and this isn't something you've done before, what avenues do you take now to learn something new, especially in the case of like physical things that you have to take apart and work with? Mm, usually I figure out whatever screwdriver head or uh, ratchet set I need to start taking screws out and I take the screws out and I look at the inside of it and I'm like, oh, okay, I think I can figure out how to do this. Or I'm like, oh, sh- crap, I don't know. Uh, so let me put that back. <laughs> <laughs> so you just look. You just look and say, you know. Do you I, ever I, look I on look. YouTube? Because I found myself more going to YouTube to, to listen to someone do it. No, I can't see everything they're doing, but I can hear the steps a lot of time that they're taking. I'm like, well, maybe. Maybe I could. Let me try that. I did that with uh, replacing a Glass door on a front-loading washer door. I remember this episode. Belt yeah. buckle smashed it, right? Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. So I haven't done the YouTube thing uh, myself. Now, in the case of this dryer and the washer we have, too, I've actually had to kind of partially disassemble both of those before. Uh, the first time mm-hmm. because some change got stuck in And I literally did what I told you. Like, I found a socket that I needed and unscrewed the back of it. Uh, two tips if you're unscrewing the back of anything or unscrewing anything have a designated place to put different screws because if you unscrew one section and then there's another section you need to unscrew you don't want to necessarily mix those screws because they may look like they're the same but they may not be there may be a fractional difference in size or a fractional difference in length that is going to make a difference when you go to put it back together now Mm -hmm. fortunately this is a lesson i learned well before i ever unscrewed any dryer ever in my life so i didn't make this mistake uh, but I literally unscrewed it and figured out what was possibly the problem. Now, Tia will go to YouTube and look at something and then come and tell me what they said. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me take that part right there loose. So essentially, in the first time I had to do this it was probably four or five years ago. Took the back off, figured out that the little lint trap thing, you know, the thing that you pull that, that, that screen out of yep. that catches all the lint. That is also screwed into the back and there's screw, at least on my dryer, there's also screws holding it to the top plate of the dryer. So to unscrew those, angle that thing out and then clean the bottom of it out because there was something stuck in there, something that had fell down through the lint trap that was at the very bottom of that thing. There's a little rotating fan there that turns and if there's anything obstructing it, it creates problems. Ah, so. Okay. That was the issue. In this case today, I took the back off of this. I'm like, oh, man, I really, I'm kind of glad I put things the way I did out here because I don't have to move the washer to do this because then you have to hmm. disconnect the hoses on the washer, which is a pain in the neck. Yep. Uh, again, a tip for anybody that needs to disconnect your washer, get a bucket. Uh, and I would advise to the best of your ability, first remember to turn the water off. Yes. Do, do that. Do, do that part first. Yes, yes, yes. See, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I've done it. I, I've uh-huh. done, you don't think about that. That water is always on. That's why I'm you, saying first, turn the water you off. Think about it real fast though. When you untwist one thing and that water's <laughs> uh-huh. not just a drip, you're like, oh no, oh. Uh, secondly, if at all possible, what I have found works best and to me is safer is 
unscrew the hoses from the water source, not from the back of the washer. Okay. And the reason I go that way is because I can put a bucket under there. Water may come out of the hose. Water may drip out of the tap. But what's not going to happen is you unscrew it from the back of the washer. There's going to be drippage. Like, just just expect that. It's going to happen. Yes. It doesn't run down the back of the washer. And then now you're afraid to disconnect that washer at all or touch anything that's out of there because there's water dripping. <laughs> So it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to unscrew the back of you for a little while so I can get this water away from you because, yes, I unplugged it, but when I plug it back in, it's going uh-huh. to be water somewhere that I didn't think about, and now I've really blown it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just some tip from a person that has made these sort of casual mistakes as you're unscrewing stuff. Valuable uh, tip. But, yeah, my approach usually is eh, I'll take it apart and <laughs> – Pay careful attention to what I took apart so I could put it back together. See, I think my fear sometimes is I used to take everything apart when I was a kid. And I remember my parents telling me that the problem is I never put anything back together. Ah, uh, see, I've I've been down that, that avenue uh, and I, I just learned to put stuff back together. Yeah. Um, sometimes it doesn't go right. And sometimes you have to re-disassemble the thing because you figure out you got extra screws and you're like there was no extra screws when I started so I not come into this room with that. screws in my pocket <laughs> so yeah I did something wrong because hey, I got extra screws in my pocket man what's yep. going on uh, and you- when I say separate your screws I do mean when you're separating like if you're taking the back panel off something put those screws in one pocket when you get two screws inside of the thing you've taken the panel off of put those in your back pocket mm-hmm. like that like it, mm-hmm. that simple as that helps yep it it definitely does. Do you keep manuals digitally of your appliances or do you just keep track of the model numbers or what do you do? So what do you try? In more do, recent years. In in more recent years, I do my best to at least get the model number. And mm-hmm. usually now because I, I've gone through the experience of I have the model number of my exact thing, but by the time I have a problem and I need to go, you know, web search slash YouTube look it up or something for the manual. Oh, that company doesn't actually make that model anymore. They don't have the manual on their website. Then I'm digging through some weird manuals lib, mm. uh, manuals library or some other website that proposes to have the manual, but then I got to go through a whole bunch of links and clicking on this and no, I don't want to subscribe to that before I can actually get to a PDF. And it's things like so, this that'll make chat GPT and Bard so nice. What I have started to attempt to do is as soon as I buy something, uh, nowadays stuff comes with QR codes. There's usually a manual that comes with it too, paper mm-hmm. manual. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want the aggravation of trying to scan the manuals, which is why I would get the model number and save that somewhere uh, and the serial number in case I ever need to make a warranty claim. I don't have to spend time trying to look up the serial number. Uh, again, this is more recent. More recently, even, I would say within the past two years when I bought something, so I think I started this when, when I bought this last refrigerator that we have. Um, I got the model number, got the serial number, but I also instantly went to the company's website and downloaded the manual. Ah. And I believe that manual is either in iCloud Drive or in DevonThink. Probably DevonThink. Uh, I think I remember you saying something about putting it in there. Probably DevonThink, uh, but it may also be in iCloud for Tia's sake. Because uh, uh-huh. she doesn't use it everything, but yeah, it, it's stored somewhere. Like I can find it. I know exactly where to look for it. Uh, so it's in one of those two places. That's what I've started trying to do now: is write down, make sure I personally put down the model number and serial number uh, of of a device or, or or you know appliance, and 
also instantly go to the company's website and download the manual direct from them so I don't have to look for it later. Uh, I, I have it. Uh, I also do this now as well with um, uh, other electronics. I don't do it with every single little thing I buy. Like, I have no idea if there's a serial number on that microphone I just bought. I don't care. I'm just going to call up Sweetwater and be like, hey, uh, Tamir, you know that microphone I bought? Uh, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a problem. How do uh, I and in some it? cases, I... Uh huh. And in some cases, this is this is fairly easy, right? Depending on the company you're dealing with. Uh, so when I buy electronics from Sweetwater, or I buy electronics from, I, I buy you know audio gear from Sweetwater or Z Sounds. I don't go through extra hoops to scan serial numbers because on the occasions I've had to reach out to either company for support on something. Uh, it's either within warranty with them and they'll exchange it or whatever once we do some basic troubleshooting steps, which is what you do. Uh, or in the case of my road boom arm where it was out of warranty, uh, you know, the, the customer rep at uh, Z-Bounds was like, uh, unfortunately, that's out of our warranty for us to replace it. But here's contact information for them, and they may still be able to, you know, offer you a replacement part. They may sell it to you. They may give it to you. Mm -hmm. But here's the contact info. Didn't need to jump through any hoops about, oh, well, where's your proof? I mean, they did want to, well, Zizounds didn't want a receipt. Road wanted a receipt. But the Zizounds guy, when he emailed me back, was like, and I've also attached your uh, your, your receipt as a PDF because they're going to ask for it. Yep. Yep. That is nice when they go above and beyond and do that. Uh Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, man, I get you. I'm the same kind of guy for AT guys. Yeah. So is Mike. Or at least we try to be. We try to be. There, there are we times know, we slip we, up, but yeah. Yeah, but, you know, most times we know if they're going to need something, we'll go ahead and give it to you. Yeah. Uh, or say, hey, if you need this, reach out to us because we may not be sure how that company may handle it today. Or we may not be sure which representative you're going to get at that company. Uh but yeah, I try to, uh, but with Macs, is where I was going with that, it's like iPhones, iPads, Macs. I try to now put the serial numbers in one password uh, because here's the thing. I got Apple Care, and Apple Care should also have the serial number of my stuff. Mm. But sometimes they want you to give them a serial number. And you're like, well, I can't give it to you because the freaking phone is broken. <laughs> and it's not in brand. Can you? <laughs> right. And it ain't Braille nowhere. And do I have the box? Probably, possibly, maybe not. I don't know, but I'm not going to go up there in that closet and look for it either when it's supposed to be attached to the device that I purchased. And they go look it up, but it turns out they just didn't want to go look it up uh, in most cases. But now I just saved the serial numbers. So in the case of theft or in the case of, you know, significant damage where there really is no way for me to get this serial number for you, I don't want to have any problems. Uh, getting a replacement or repair done. So I tried to do that. Uh, I did not save the manual or model number for the little mini fridge that I bought. I'm sorry, hold on. Let me correct myself. The micro fridge, excuse me, the micro fridge that I bought to go. I'm going to tell you why I'm saying micro fridge in a second. But the micro fridge that I purchased to go in my uh, in my dorm room here uh, at Gentry. Um, now, Turns out I'm going to be returning that micro fridge. This is a my actually this is a nano fridge uh, is what this is. This is a nano fridge. <laughs> oh, it's the same size as your SIM card. <laughs> uh, well, it's the same sort of philosophy. Right, right. Right. There's a standard size fridge, which is what you would buy to go in your kitchen in your, your house or your apartment, right? That's a standard size fridge. There's a 
nano fridge, which is a very small refrigerator that you would buy to, you know, go under a desk or in a college dorm room or something like that, you know, because you just want to keep a couple of little snacks in here or something. There's a micro fridge, which is slightly bigger. It's about 4.2 ish, somewhere between four and five cubic feet of, of space. That to me is a micro fridge, right? It's okay. a little bit bigger. You can put a little bit more stuff in there. And then there's a, mini fridge and a mini fridge is more like 9.7 cubic feet or something you know it's a little bit bigger but still probably half the size of a refrigerator that you right. put in your kitchen right. uh-huh. but you can get a little bit more so I, you can get a lot more in there especially if you're living you know on a campus for six months and your uh dietary um behavior and yeah. expectations are uh, you know, have been built up and, and, and dictated over the past nearly 20 years. Um, yeah, there's certain things that you don't even want to attempt to eat because, man, my body ain't digested none of that type of crap. And I don't know how long, man. And listen, I cannot afford to get sick. I can't afford to be on the toilet uh, for an extended period of time. I'm sorry. I didn't really mean for that to be as <laughs> dirty as but, it probably sounded. But that was the nicest way I could say yeah, what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I need to store more food in my room. So I need a micro, I mean, a, a mini fridge, mini. right? You need now, I'm, yeah. And look, I, I convinced the, look, I convinced the lady in Lowe's that that was a mini fridge <laughs> by the time we was done. <laughs> He's like, no, that's not really. I'm like, yeah, look, look, this is the look, you know, like the whole thing. I just, so, uh, basically I'm going to try to sneak this mini fridge past, past, past uh, reception <laughs> and, and see if that works. <laughs> So I'm returning my nano fridge in exchange for a mini fridge. And, uh, you know, as I told Tish, she's like, they're not going to let you get away with that. And I was like, and if anybody's listening from down there, like, listen, you ain't seen nothing. That's all you got to say. Because <laughs> that's my philosophy. Look, you ain't seen nothing. If you ain't see it, then you ain't saying nothing about it. You ain't see it. Mm. So how's your tech going <laughs> at ridiculous. the uh, program? <laughs> oh, Last man, we talked, so. you wiped your computer and you were getting reset up and just got audio hijack put back on. Yes, I listened to our show from last week before we recorded this one because I'm like, what did we talk about last week? Oh, man. Look at Mike, man. He's just, so Mike has been on something this week. Like he, he's, <laughs> you know, he's communicating stuff to me. He's like, yeah, thank you for your uh, for your flexibility. I'm like, what the hell is Mike on? And thank and and, and I'm sending like, a move the time around? around to people. And well, yeah. I mean that 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 you know that that's expected. It was like I kind of was thrown for it. It was like, thanks for your flexibility. I appreciate your flexibility. And I was like, what? <laughs> is this a bot? What the hell or? is he talking to? <laughs> Is this supposed to be my message? Do you figure out how to have chat GPT text people for him? What the hell is Mike doing? He's using IFTTT <laughs> iMessage. You know, uh, he did question it a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I did. Yeah. Um, I, I say that for people listening because me and Mike, like, we, we will move schedules around on each other. And we sometimes didn't even tell we'll, the listeners, we'll, you know, the recorded listeners, because nothing's going to be different for no. them. Exactly. So we don't even have to mention it, really. Mm. But kind of we do because I'm talking about this. So we had to move recording time this week. And typically me and Mike will figure out like, you know, if we need to do something, we'll we'll change it. And, you know, this time was a little bit more last minute. Occasionally this happens to us where something comes up or we have forgotten a a commitment. And like, oh, man, uh, can we do it either earlier today or can we do it tomorrow or whatever? And we're always, you know, sure. Like we work it out. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's never like for me, there's kind of the expectation that we're going to figure it out. We'll figure out a time that works for both of us. That's not, you know, putting you up under too much of a time crunch. Cause for me, that's my, my biggest concern is shortening the amount of time you have between recording and editing because I don't want to crunch your life up. Right. So that's why a lot of times we'll record several days early as opposed to a day late. Uh, so for me, like I told Mike, it's kind of the way we work, man. Like, you know, we figure out what we need to do. You know, just let me know what you need me to do and we'll make that work. You know, same as, as so when Mike sends me a message, you know, again, if he's dealing with other people, I expect that from Michael. I see it sometimes in emails that he sends out, uh, you know, via AT guys and other places. But when he's dealing with me, it's kind of like Tia saying, oh, thank you for, you know, helping me carry the groceries in. It's like, what the hell you expect me to do? So yeah. I was looking at this message like, wait, did Mike send that to the wrong person? What the hell? <laughs> you got a bot responding? What did he do? He hacked iMessage. He's got an iMessage app for chat. That's GPT. why he's flexible. He told me about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not quite. Not quite. Man, that stuff would get shut down real fast by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Think so? I don't know, actually, because... Uh-huh, yeah. Well, Can't at least be. you guys did it. Now we don't have to worry about it. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Finally, somebody's using iMessage apps and people. Yeah, are using that's it. what I was just thinking, Michael. That could be your iMessage of of you know notes. Just go make a Chat GPT iMessage app. I'll never use it because I hate iMessage apps. <laughs> Yeah, but see, you might though. If it was GPT, you might. Maybe, maybe. If it be, I mean, think 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 about this pathway. If it could read your, now I don't know if iMessages are actually iMessage apps can actually do this if they mm-hmm. have the ability. But if it could read your messages and help you respond, and either one give you a summary, two, you know, write a nice or whatever response back to it, uh, or three, or all three of these things. Because you have it connected to IFTTT or even Zapier, uh, take the message and do the thing that is really still annoying on iMessage, which is, oh, I need to be reminded to do this thing that this person said to do. I don't use reminders. I needed to go into to do is, mm. hey, remind me of what Michael said in this message in two days. Add it to to do is, right? That would be amazing if I could do that. What, I can't do that. What if... What if your action button took a screenshot of your messages and sent that through IFTTT to chat GPT and said, analyze this image. And that's, it seems very convoluted, but I wonder if that could be a solution for that. That is actually not a bad idea. And it would let you play with shortcuts. And I I promise you shortcuts has become a lot better in iOS 17. Okay, so there is a so I I came up with an idea actually. So I don't think I told you. I may have told you privately about this issue, but I'm pretty sure we didn't discuss it on the show. So starting this week, starting last Monday, uh, this past Monday, we so that would have been the Monday that episode forty two dropped for all of you who stay subscribed to the show. Thank you. We um started the cafe running, uh, so at break time. So that means popcorn, cookies, and of course, the other snacks like chips and things like that that we have in the cafe sodas. People can come in and buy that during the break time, which is 945 to 1005 Central Time. Um, 
this is for anybody listening, that may decide to call me during those hours. Hey, <laughs> not answering. <laughs> well, well, this week I was serving people popcorn. Next week, mm, I think I might be doing cookies. I don't I don't know. I got to look at the schedule. Well, next week I may not be doing anything because right. it might be closed all week. We'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, I was doing a popcorn machine this week. And something that never, I, I promise you, this never occurred to me. So I, I, I think I've explained to Michael, uh, but at Gentry, there are there are some blind students. There, there's people that are visually impaired. I say blind, that includes those with, with usable vision as well. Uh, there are some deaf students uh, and there are some other students with other differing disabilities. But the ones that I encounter the most are those with visual impairments and some deaf students. Uh, because they all are in the same dorm. There's a girl side and a well, there's a women's side and a men's side. Uh, everybody here is a a an adult, like mm-hmm. they're they're of adult age. So, one thing that never occurred to me is there's going to be deaf people that come through the line, uh-huh. and they're going to need you know whatever I'm doing, whether it's popcorn or I'm working the register. So I was doing popcorn this past week. Uh, the instructor was there to help out, you know, cause she was kind of floating around, making sure everybody was doing okay and getting things done or whatever. So I had, I have two deaf ladies that show up pretty, showed up pretty much. One of them showed up every single day this week. One, mm-hmm. I think she showed up like three or five days. And the first couple of days, the instructor was, you know, would pop in right there. Cause I guess she would see him walk in. So she would pop into my shoulder because she was like, they're going to want popcorn. Okay. She wants you to do hers this way. Fill it up halfway. She's going to sprinkle salt on it. She's going to hand it back to you. And then you fill it the rest of the way up. And she likes hers all the way to the top, like kind of almost overflowing. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, well, Friday, she wasn't there. Well, Thursday, Wednesday, I started thinking about this and I was talking to Tia about it. And I was like, I wonder if I made a shortcut. And just put it on my home screen as an icon. And um, I said, I need two things. I need a bell so that they can indicate to me that they're there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're just standing there. And, you know, she's looking at me and I'm looking at her. Except I'm not really seeing her. But don't yeah. just standing there like, yeah. you know, what's going on with you? She's looking at me like, man, dude, what you doing? And I'm over here like, just where's all the people wanting the popcorn? What's going on? <laughs> no today? <laughs> so I was like, I need a bell. Mm-hmm. that they can just hit and it'll ding and I'll know somebody's there. It's like, okay, that's a, that's a start. I said, now how do I, you know, it's quick as, as efficiently as possible, get through the interaction that needs to happen, mm-hmm. not knowing any sign language. Uh, and then there's some other concerns about even having them sign in my hand. Cause I got on gloves and then do I need to change those? Like there's, there's right. serve safe things to think about too. I was like, huh, I wonder what I could do here. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I made a shortcut. They ring the bell. I can put my phone up and hit the shortcut button. And it would start off with a message that says, uh, large or small, right? Pick mm-hmm. your popcorn size. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think people are intelligent enough to know, Oh, I should tap one of these. Yeah. So they tap, you know, large, for example. And then we go through just the steps, you know, half full for shaking or all the way full right away, you know, like that, you know, and we just right. kind of go through that and I can fix their popcorn. Yep. It's like, man, that's going to be kind of slow though. Like that's, that's going to slow down. And I also have to reach in my pocket and grab my phone, which again, you know, sanitary things. I'm like, I don't know about this. Let me think about this some more. Now I do have plans. And fortunately I don't have to hunt too hard for this because somebody else apparently came up with the idea. There's going to be a class and I got to sign up for it uh, in the evenings, a couple of times a month. Uh, to start teaching some basic sign language. So I'm signing up for that because this is something I need to learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a place that I can learn it. Seems like a good idea, right? And also have time to practice as well because, you know, I encounter uh, deaf students throughout the day. So 
be time to learn it as well as actually practice it. So it's not a thing that, oh, I learned this in school, but then I didn't have to ever use it uh-huh. until two years later. Like, I don't know nothing. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I was like, huh, how do I make this work? Well, Friday, I got to put my skills as a customer service representative into practice because oh. uh, the other, the, the assistant to the instructor was out. She was out for two days. Uh, so coming along, and the first time the person behind the first deaf lady that came to the line, uh, and I, I want to, uh, I don't think it's the wrong way to uh, address the disability, but if it is, uh, I do apologize for that. Uh, but there was a lady behind the first deaf lady that came to the line. So she said she wants a large popcorn. So I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of knew, you know, because they both kind of want theirs the same. I don't know what they're sprinkling on it because we got all kind of popcorn sauce, man. There's a ridiculous amount of popcorn sauce in the world. Uh, but I knew she wanted halfway, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the second lady came up and we had that thing that I was like, this is going to happen where she was standing there and I didn't know she was there. Yeah. So she made a noise to let me know that she was there. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So I knew she was there. So I like, I put my finger on the, on the, you know, I had one hand on the large popcorn, one hand on the small. And I kind of raised up the large cup and she reached across and tapped the large cup. I was like, mm-hmm. right, cool, large popcorn. So I flipped the cup over and I tapped like halfway up the cup and then point at the salt, like, you know, halfway and then salt. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and she was like, yes. I was like, okay, good deal. So we worked that out. Like it worked yeah. out, but I was like, still like, that's not optimal because if she didn't have any sort of, uh, speech or the ability to make any kind of sounds at me like this would have been a very weird situation like un- right. unnecessarily frustrating for her like this is what I'm thinking about I'm thinking about it from the customer's perspective not just making my life easier but making their interaction as as seamless as possible uh, so I was thinking about that shortcut and I started working on it and I realized like this is going to be too tedious of a process to step through Mm-hmm. with a shortcut and a bunch of menus. So I didn't ultimately finish it because I'm like, I don't think that's the best way to do this. But I've been cooking away on that idea. Uh, long way of me saying, and also some filler for the show because, you know, we got a show to do here. Hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have looked at shortcuts in 17 and they are better. Yeah, they're not uh, perfect. Right now, I'm, no, they're not perfect, but they're a little better. And I'm right now on the hunt for an action that will let me set the screen the automatic lock time for the screen and i just installed toolbox pro uh, a couple of days ago i haven't went back and searched in shortcuts to see if that's an action there uh but two apps and if anybody else has any suggestions of apps like these that that just present more actions into shortcuts uh that may have this let me know we'll tell you how you can contact us at the end of the show um so I have actions installed. That's an app. Uh, it's free. And it donates a ton of actions to shortcuts, including this, you know, the ability to detect the screen orientation and, and trigger certain actions based off the orientation. Uh, I found out about that app because John Gruber from Dairy Fireball early on with the iPhone 15 pros posted a shortcut that he had made that if his phone was upside down, that action button would toggle his, you know, silent uh, uh, ring. Okay. But if it was oriented uh, right side up, it would, I think, open the camera or something. But it did something there. He was using actions for this to detect the, the orientation of the mm-hmm. phone because that's something that actions donates into the thing. The reason I want to be able to change the screen timeout mode is because when I'm packing my little 
cart with uh, things to refill vending machines, I'm often, well, I'm not saying often, I always refer to a list so I know what I need to have. So the technology in these vending machines is pretty cool now. Uh, most, if not all of the ones that we have that I'm using that, that we're going to be filling and working with during the training process, we're going to be rotating through all, all of the different locations that we have. Uh, so each person will be responsible for a set for six six weeks and then they'll switch off to another set. But most of these, uh, all of them have card readers. So they'll take cards or Apple Pay or Google Pay or whatever, uh, which is nice. That's kind of cool. But they also have, yeah, it is cool. There's two different systems. There's Canopy, no, Cantaloupe uh, is one system. And the other one is Nyax uh, that we use I've heard of uh, on these machines I've heard here. I've of Nyax. Yeah, Nyax is, is new. Uh, pal of ours, Michael Talley, started with them here in Alabama and kind of started promoting them quite heavily. Huh. Um, I'm not sure which one I would pick for my machines if I have a choice or if I have a, you know, make a decision to switch them or add them in. Uh, uh, another mutual, uh, I would say at least associate or acquaintance of ours, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Ingram, uh, has been working with Cantaloupe. Ah, okay. Uh, they they bought that company I told you about several months ago, uh, Three Square, that was yeah. making the accessible ch- self checkout. Yeah, so Cantaloupe bought them. So Chris kind of got pulled in to start working with Cantaloupe because they took over Three Square, uh, and that's what a lot of people are using to set up their micro markets. Uh, is the three square terminals. But one other aspect of these machines with the technology that's there now uh, is we're able to see the inventory of what's there. So I know I, I, I go in, and I mean, this has already been done here for training purposes, but you have the ability to set what, what your, what your part is going to be, what your base level is going to be. So uh, we always want to have, let's say eight, you know, Hershey's cookies and cream in this mm-hmm. one machine because we kind of know how, how those sell. We don't want to be in there too long and expire, but we also don't want to, you know, run out before we right. reasonably expect to have to come back to stock the machine in general. So we check the inventory before we start loading up and we can see, oh, there we're now down to four Hershey's cookies and cream. So that tells me I need to add four Hershey's and cookies and cream to my cart to go mm-hmm. load that specific machine. So in the process of doing this, I'm currently, ref- you know, constantly referring to the list, right? Because I'm going through it is is organized. You know, we, we, you know, working with the instructor, we figured out we've got it set up so that I see these in the order that they need to go into the machine. So the first slot, I see if I need to put something there. If not, then it's ah. not there. But it's going left to right, you know, you know, left to right, left to right, down, left to right, down, left to right, down, right? So I'm going in order. So I can pack my little container in that order so that when I get to the machine, I start from the first slot that I need to fill something in. And then just, you know, as I'm pulling from the tote, I know exactly where that needs to go. Right. So I'm constantly raising my phone up, checking a number and then grabbing that product and putting it in the, in the uh, carrier. Mm-hmm. Right. Looking at my phone, go get this number of items, put it in the carrier. So what I started using was. The device that I told you about, and I'm going to more than likely send you one at some point. So I'm using a device that I picked up um, from the Harbaugh company, uh, and it is a MagSafe 
Uh, it comes in the optional MagSafe, or you can have it ad- adhesive uh, attached to the back of your phone. I chose the MagSafe, obviously. Uh, now, I will tell you, I would personally choose the MagSafe, even if I had a phone that did not support MagSafe, because as a part of the MagSafe lanyard kit, you get a ring that you can stick on the back of a thing that's not MagSafe. Uh, so this could go on the back of your Pixel, for example, if you happen to have mm. a Pixel that doesn't have MagSafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can use this ring, and it just clamps onto a uh, with a regular uh, standard, what do they call those little, you know, little clamps you push it back, slide something into it, and it closes. I forget, there, there's a name for them. There's probably a name for it. I know what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it has like a little rope layer that goes around your neck. So basically, kind of very much in the way that the slinger works, it's up a little different. Uh, similar in in the functionality of, of that type of pouch, but this is different. This one attached to my phone with MagSafe, so super easy to take it on and off. Mm-hmm. The adjustable part of this is not like the slinger's thing is. It's more or less like you have a double knotted uh, rope, mm-hmm. so you can pull the ends of the rope to shorten it up, and you can pull, you know, kind of in the middle where it's hanging from to extend it down extend further. It. Gotcha. Uh, so I've been, I started using this because I got tired of going in and out of my pocket and I too many times laid my phone on the cart and then forgot exactly where on the cart I put it or yeah. I would need to keep moving it. So I was like, oh, I got this thing in my bag because I was going to um, ship some stuff to Mike from down here anyway. Uh, so I put it on my phone and I hung it up there and I also took my badge off of the lanyard thing that they gave me to hang my little badge on that gets me in the door, a little key card, door card thing to get in my room and to get in the buildings and put it on here too. And like, I'll take the MagSafe part off when I'm not using that, but I just use that, that rope lanyard all the time now because it has my card on it. And that was infinitely easier. Now, what I also had to do, because I got tired of doing the face unlock, unlock, let me find my Mm -hmm. location, is I went in and on Friday is the first time I did this because I was like, I got to try this. I went in and set my auto lock to never. Uh Because sometimes it might take me a couple of seconds to grab something, but then sometimes it might be like, oh, I need eight of these. And uh, we figured out some techniques for especially chips and a lot of the candies, like your your candy bars, uh, ways to tell if the label is first facing the right way and also is oriented so that people can actually read it and they're not reading upside down. So in the course of putting stuff into the carrier, I'm also making sure it's oriented. So when I pull it out of the machine, I'm not wasting time at the machine doing this, right? Yeah. So... I would put the phone down and if I had a lot of things to put into it, so if I had to fill up a whole slot because it was completely empty, well, I'm doing a lot of orientation flipping and all of that, getting stuff situated and my phone would time out and then I would have to scroll back through the list to get back to where Uh, I was. So leaving the phone completely unlocked means it locks when I press the button, but otherwise it just stays there. Well, I know me first. So at some point, I'm going to forget that this is a thing I have done to my phone and it's just going to be sitting there and not locked and just, you know, either somebody, I'm not so much worried about somebody walking by picking it up. It's just like, it's going to kill my battery. Yeah. And then you're going to need it and it's not going to be available. It's funny. I, uh-huh. I set my, my screen time out to uh, never on Tuesday. I think Tuesday was the day because that was going to be my main day where I did AT guy stuff, but we lost power because of the storm. I'm sorry, we lost internet. We had power. And so I just used wireless tethering. Well, that worked for the Unmute Live show, but that was about all that it worked for. After that, it's like, no, you know, you're, you're uploading too much content right now. I think we've got to slow you down a little bit, Michael. So uh, when I was live, though, on Unmute, I set the screen lock to never. Before 
before the end of the call, I switched it down to five minutes. So I wonder if five minutes would be long enough for you because like you, I'm like, I am going to forget to lock my phone and then I'm never going to have it. At least this way, the longest it'll go is five minutes and then it'll lock itself. Yeah, I'm actually going to try five minutes next week. Um, but I, it started me thinking, well, huh, if I had a focus mode that mm-hmm. was triggered, yeah. or I could trigger that focus mode and have the shortcut say, okay, turn this on to never because I'm in stock mode right now. And then, you know, go back to regular when I switch off of that. Be awesome. Not natively built into shortcuts, uh-huh. but, you know, some enterprising developer may have added it. So that's why I downloaded Toolbox Pro because I hadn't installed that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do need to open it and, you know, uh, reauthorize my in-app purchase or whatever for the pro version. We'll see if maybe it's there. And if not, I will reach out to the developers of Actions and Toolbox Pro. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, did you know that uh, Rosemary Orchard and her development company had taken that app over? I think I did. I didn't remember it, but it doesn't surprise me. That's good. I'm glad that that will live on for sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, they're, and they're also, you know, paying a portion of what they make off the app for the in-app purchase for Pro uh, back to Alex Hayes' family, who was the original developer. So oh. super nice, nice the way they're handling that. Okay. Uh, at least that's my understanding of what they're doing. I could have those facts wrong, but if I do have them wrong, well, they should be right. Yes, yes, they uh, should be. So going to check that out and see if that's possible but yeah it, barring me finding that right away i will switch it to five minutes and see if that's long enough it should be long enough i was trying to be extra careful this time because i was like i don't really want to get keep dealing with it because i had to go out and do my own machines mm. uh now let's talk about some other tech i'm using uh when it comes down to filling the machines uh we have, so I have a machine, I have two machines actually in the student center over at the Alabama School for the Blind. Uh-huh. Uh, so that requires us, you know, loading up the van or whatever and, and instructor or the assistant will drive us over for those of us that need to fill machines there and drop us off and we'll go do our, well, that should have to let us in too because we don't have a key card for there because we're not important. Uh, they have a key card, but we don't. Uh, so I originally packed my whole setup to go to ASB for the second time, like Wednesday of this past week, because I think we went on Monday and, you know, there are some numbers that got mixed up a little bit. Most of that was my fault because I was looking at the wrong document to get the numbers. Okay. Uh, or actually, I jumped the gun before the numbers got updated and went and packed the thing. So uh, get over there and like I was short some stuff. Uh, but that was my fault because I, I forgot like, hey, don't look at that document. Look at this document. Right. So. We want to go back Wednesday and tighten that up. And then there was some other stuff needed to be filled too. Well, that didn't happen because of, you know, a little bit of weather on Wednesday, Thursday. I can't remember what happened. So anyway, we ended up going Friday. Well, I did this Wednesday morning to, you know, prepare for this. Kind of forgot where first, where I pulled the numbers from. I don't know which document I looked at. <laughs> like, again, that's on me. Second, we threw some stuff in last minute, so it did kind of get a little disorganized because, you know, the numbers had updated from the inventory machine, you know, inventory side of things to say, hey, you know, we're also getting low on this. And we wanted to make sure that we got stuff packed in because Monday being an off day, kids would be coming back to ASB uh, early and they would, you know, pretty much kind of be start trickling in around 12 o'clock, 12, 1230 or whatever. Uh, so we want to make sure the machines were as full as possible you know, yeah. for that, that kind of extra data that would be out of class. 
So I get over there and I realize like I don't really know what order all this stuff is in anymore. So I I have I've, prior to this, I have tested seeing AI and seeing AI has been useful in some instances, such as I needed to refill a, a, a container that stores because we pretty much empty a box of chips into a container mm-hmm. and we empty out that container before we open up another box. Uh, so. I had used that to find a box to fill up a container and stuff when I was packing a tote earlier in the week for the dorm snack machine. So I kind of knew the limitations slash inefficiencies of trying to use seeing AI in this instance. Right. So I hopped on with our good friends, Ira. Mm, okay. okay. Uh, first, I had a drink machine to fill. And again, we figured out how to turn drink. 20 ounce drink bottles so that the label is facing the right way. Cans, there's no rhyme or reason to cans. None whatsoever. So first I used Ira to help me orient my cans in the right direction so they were all facing out. So I wouldn't have to go back to my instructor after the fact. I'm like, can you please go check my cans before we leave? Right. Uh, so I used Ira for that and did that. And then when I got to the snack machine, once I had loaded up the things that I was 100% certain what they were, I hopped on Ira again. Got a very nice guy named Jeff. I, I chuckled about that because, you know, I thought there was only one Jeff. <laughs> right. Well, at least I thought there was only one Jeff that was helpful to me. But that was uh, this Jeff was also very helpful. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, this Jeff was also helpful. And while I was doing this, you know, I would, you know, have him check to like, make sure this is oriented right. But as I'm packing in stuff because I knew it was, you know, once I knew what it was, I could start loading up that slot. I was explaining to him what I was doing. I was like, I'm kind of doing a little bit of an experiment uh, to kind of see how efficient this will be for me. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the, I'm saying this and I'm saying this and, and I'm trying to think of how to say this without it being offensive. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it, but take it for what I mean it for. And Mike, if I step on this wrong in yeah. any kind of way, let me know and we'll try to retake it. The expectation seems to be for someone in my position that has no usable vision is that I'm going to have a sighted assistant when I'm doing this. Now, that doesn't preclude and it doesn't mean that they're not teaching me ways to, like I said, I know how to orient a bag of chips. I know how to orient most candies uh, because the flap on the back of the candy or the seam where the bag is sealed or whatever is, is always going to be the same way. So if you get that pointing in the right direction, then you know, your chips are facing the right way up. Right. And occasionally I'll do some double checking just to make sure they ain't switched up stuff on me. Uh, but it is still highly expected. It seems to me that there's going to be sighted assistance for you. If you get in trouble or need, you know, in some cases you're going to need somebody's eyes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. Like there are certain things you're going to need eyeballs there for, but you, you know me, like everybody listening may not know me, but you know me, like I'm already looking at like, So how can I do this without a side of the system? Like, uh-huh. Ideally I'm going to have a driver for sure. That will take me around to do the things I need to do. But when I get there, you know, sit your ass in the car while I go handle my business. Let me, let me go do back. my stuff real quick. I'll be back in 10 minutes or whatever, you know? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, pay some Crandy Crush or something for a few minutes while I go in here and do this thing. Uh, so, and, and that, you know, I'm going to push that as far as I possibly can. Now, that doesn't mean I don't need any sighted help at all, but do I need to actually pay a person to be on the clock, whereas I could pay a contract person to be a driver as opposed to putting somebody on payroll mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. always be a pair of eyes for me, right? When I can use something like Ira. Yeah. So this was a part of the experiment and it went fairly well, I think. And, and as I told Jeff, uh, you know, the Jeff Ira guy, not yeah, Jeff not, Bishop. Not Jeff uh, Bishop. 
I need to talk to Jeff Bishop. What's up, Jeff? <laughs> Long time no here, sir. Yeah. Uh, but as I told Jeff, I was like, I'm doing an experiment. I said, now this is going a little slower than I personally would like it to go, but it's not you. It's because things just kind of got mixed up a little bit with, one, I packed this thing like two days ago, so I kind of don't remember what I did. Mm-hmm. And two, we kind of threw some random stuff in where it would fit uh, because we realized we needed some extra stuff by the time we actually got ready to come over here. So it's a little more disorganized than it would normally be. And I apologize to him. Like, man, I'm sorry this is taking so long. He's like, no, this is actually kind of fascinating. Like, this is this is interesting. Huh. Huh. Uh, but I think the experiment went very well. There's a lot of cases where I could use Ira. Uh, even in the case of like sometimes just giving me a visual check, like, hey, does all this look good? Like, you know, I know I put stuff in the right place, but, you know, does all of this look good yeah. visually to you? Like, is anything crooked or Or does something, something stand like that? out that like maybe I flip that backwards or something's upside yeah. down? Or, yeah, yeah, just that quick anything glance like over. That. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, I just wiped down the glass of this machine. Like, do you are you able to detect any weird looking spots or glass still? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. does anything look visually unappealing to you at the moment? Uh, so very good, very, very good experiment. I think it went very well. Uh, probably got to try to do something about those minutes, though, because. Uh, so yeah. I actually want to speed that up. Chal- oh, about the minute. Well, challenge you to use the Mavi and see how that experience goes and if that's any different than Ira through Be My Eyes. So I like that challenge. I, I, I will take on that challenge first and <laughs> foremost, and I'll stop touching my microphone. Uh, but I'll, I'll take on that challenge. And I actually intended to do that, and I realized, mm-hmm. like, based off conversations with you, like sometimes it's best to reach out to them and let them know what you're going to be doing Yeah, to kind of – have time set up so that they'll be available. So I'm going to do that first, kind of start that relationship and also explain to them like I did to the IRA guy, like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Uh, You know, here's when I may need you or or what's the best way for me to let you know, like, hey, I'm going to be in a scenario where I'm going to, you know, need to work with somebody. Can we, you know, make sure somebody's available for this, right? But I, I will take on that challenge because I do want to know if, and I also thought about, you know, also kind of building up a network through the new feature, uh, the friends and family yeah, the my groups. Uh, deal. Yeah. And, and uh, be my eyes and just having a group of people available because that could cut down on, like I just said, the minutes, uh, mm-hmm. the cost that Ira could be. Because you know what? If you look at it from a financial standpoint, I could end up paying Ira more money than I would pay an employee. Yes. Uh, if I continue to use Ira. But Ira was already set up and ready to go for all of uh-huh. that, so I just ran with Ira. I get that. <laughs> uh, and I, I do have some minutes on Ira right now, too. A little bit. No, a little bit. A little bit. I'm not counting the free AIDB minutes that I get. I'm just counting what I got bonus from doing beta testing and stuff. But uh, that is something I am going to try. Uh, trying out MADV as well as uh, trying to identify some people who are let's say generally available during the hours that I may be doing vending machines, uh, especially after I'm out of training, like during the training process, not so much because who knows what my schedule for filling machines will be when I actually have a location, but definitely trying to build up a group that I can reach out to uh, for different things, including, you know, if I am really stubborn, I don't say stubborn. I say stubborn, but I don't mean stubborn to the point of like cutting off my nose despite my face. Just like, hey, I can figure out other ways to do this. Uh, let me get a group of people that I can quickly get on 
let me identify a group of people that I can call upon when, say, I get a delivery so I can have them help check my now. Honestly, I probably just pay somebody to show up and be there to check expiration dates for me because it'll probably go a whole lot quicker because there's a lot of flipping and rotating the boxes because not all the expiration dates on a case of something are going to always be in the same place for different products. Uh, so that's the thing I have to account for. But just in case I find myself in that scenario, let me make sure I have a group of people. And, you know, like I said, following my first instinct here lately, since I decided to start doing that has come in very handy for me. Mm. Uh, but in addition, it seems like a lot of stuff in the universe is lining up, like be my eyes dropping this, this friends and family groups thing is like, huh, that's perfect. Right. I don't have to try to FaceTime somebody or video call somebody through WhatsApp. I can start building me a group of, um, you know, friends and family uh, yeah. associates that can be available whenever they're available. They can answer. So it's not like, oh, let me call my sister. Oh, no, she's working. Okay, well, let me call this person. Oh, they're busy. Let me call that. Oh, fourth person I called was able to help today. <laughs> when, oh, just they- tie them into be my eyes. And when I hit the button to call somebody in my group, like whoever's available will take that call. Uh, I, I feel like that was such perfect timing, dude. Yeah. yeah. Taylor says your friends and family might not be as trained as Ira, and that's true. But when you just need to get something done real quick. I'm training uh, my friends and family. See, the difference yeah. in be my eyes versus my friends and family is like these are people I actually know. So first off, I'm responsible for training them to do what I need to do, which is why I say that that feature was so timely because I'm not at the whim of what volunteer from be my eyes is available. I'm only at the whim of what person in my personal in my group of is volunteer. Available. Yeah. You're not going to the whole world and then having to be like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this. If you're calling. I'm your, doing this. So let me explain yeah, to you how to do your family's this. already this familiar is what I'm with. looking for. Yeah. It's like, no, I can take time out to say, OK, look, here's a box of, you know, blazed potato chips. Uh, I'm going to rotate this around and you tell me, you know, how to hold this because we're looking for an expiration date. Train them on that before I need them in real world action. That That's why I say that feature was so timely for me in a way because I can teach the people that don't know what I need them to know what I need them to know, build up a big enough network of, of people, which I, I know enough people, uh-huh, and they'll be on call when I need them. And again, uh, also, just because we're all about resources, if you are self-employed, don't forget that at this time, and two, it does pay for, I think it's uh, 150-ish minutes. 30. Oh, it's only 30 a month? Ah, okay. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I think I, it's I think like it's 30 at a time. Yeah. It's 30 at a time. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're also right. I think we're both right. Yeah. Taylor so put 150 in the chat, so I think it's up to 150 a month and 30 minutes a call. Yes. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, it's been a show, and it, I don't even think we talked about technology that much. We did, but we didn't. It's interesting how hmm, we technically man, work. We've, we've been going for about like an hour, 15 minutes on. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. 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 We're going to wrap it up. We did talk about tech, man. We, we talked about, so this was a tech show. This was technically working because, listen, you know, sometimes you got to fix stuff in your house, too. <laughs> uh, and we ain't even get to moraine boots, man. Like, man. <laughs> 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 kind of excited about these rain boots but uh yeah. we'll see if he's still so, excited listen. after he has them in the rain <laughs> hey man listen it, it'll keep my jordans uh out of this out of, yes. out, of out of uh out of harm's way so yeah we're gonna go with yes absolutely i will still watch them after <laughs> yes, them yes. but i'll tell you about them next week baby see stay uh, subscribed so 
stay subscribed, man. We want to thank everybody for listening. We appreciate the live people. Uh, hey, Taylor, I hadn't chatted with you on a bit either. If you want to get in touch with us, you can follow him on Mastodon. He's at payon at unmute.community. That's P-A-Y-O-W-N at unmute.community. I'm Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E at unmute.community. And you can email us feedback at technicallyworking.show. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And finally, I want to thank our subscribers, our supporters that support us directly through the tip jar currently uh, at Pinecast. If you're interested in supporting what we do financially to help, you know, offset the cost for clean feed and hosting and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, or, you know, maybe we'll get big enough someday that we'll actually, we'll get enough financial support someday that we may actually go buy a random piece of technology that people are interested in. Like, uh, I don't know. Like Apple a physical Vision mute button. Uh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> but, well, look, there is one I do want to buy, but it is kind of prohibitively expensive at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, we'll leave that out of the deal. But I was thinking more Apple Vision Pro. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. So we're down those lines. But anyway, thanks to our supporters, supporters financially. We do truly appreciate you. Uh, you probably, you have bonus content to keep you occupied. Uh, and if you want to become a, uh, supporter of the show in that way, go to technicallyworking.show. There's a link there on the page in the description of the show that will take you to our tip jar. We appreciate you for listening. Stay subscribed and we will catch up with you next week. Boom. And I saved the file once the whole time. Man, see, now you're falling into my bad habits. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. But it's what happens when the show gets like, you know, you get engaged in the conversation, you forget to save. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then you're also running audio hijacking. You never have to do anything. And you don't have to worry about it, so. the, like, you're, like, you're uh-huh. thinking, oh, if it all crashes, it's okay. Audio hijack has something. And then when it all, all crashes and you don't have anything, you're like, huh. Maybe you should hit that save button a time or two.